Welcome back to Reformed Millennials, the podcast where finances, economic trends, and sports intersect. Cam and Joel help listeners better invest their time and money. Also, it's important for listeners to understand that investing in equities, fixed income instruments, and or alternative asset classes involves substantial risk of loss. Any action you may take as a result of the information presented in this podcast is your own responsibility. The information in this podcast is presented as a general educational, informational, and entertainment resource only. While Joel is registered to provide investment advice, have any ownership or interest in the specific securities discussed in this podcast. Dan, welcome back. Thank you. So today, um, it's been a while since I've had anybody on the podcast that wasn't Cam Pitchers, and I'm excited because, at least in Edmonton, you're a pretty prominent figure in the tech world. And it's mostly because you have something that people have created something that people really enjoy going on because nothing is more important to most people's finances than their house value. And I'm not, I'm not even kidding. I know a number of accountants that use your website for their client valuations. So when their clients like I have these rental properties Mm -hmm. and they are getting their, this is kind of funny because it's apropos to what's happening with Donald Trump right now, but um, they want it, they're saying this is what they're valued at. And then they're like, mm-hmm, okay. And then they just go and check on the store. So for the listeners, I have today Dan Belotovsky. Yeah, it's pretty close. From Honestor. Ukrainian, Bel- right? Uh, Ukrainian, yeah. Man, I just, I don't know if you told me that a couple of weeks ago or if, um, I'm just getting smarter. But um, <laughs> welcome back. I, I appreciate you being here. If you wouldn't mind giving a little bit of a deep dive as to why you're, you're doing a little bit of a, a tour in, in a, a media tour, I would, I'd like to hear that. And then I got, I got something from Wall Street Journal that I want to read. Sure. Um, Honest Doors, a consumer-facing portal. So we have to always be in the news. Everyone's got to be always talking about Honest Door just to keep it relevant. But we have a really cool product which is this $500 product that we'll get into for consumers. And it's our first consumer product. All of our other consumer or all of our other products are for businesses. Uh, and we got to get it to the masses. Uh, we don't have a budget like some of the publicly traded companies and the more podcasts, the more places we can be seen and heard. Uh, it's important that consumers know that they can save a lot of money. I, I'm, I'm excited because if we went back and listened to our podcast from a number of years ago now, I think it, it kind of led to today, which is great. So I want to read this piece from the Wall Street Journal because I actually believe that there is a step change in real estate that's happening right now, largely driven by technology and the cost of money. But also, I think it has a little bit to do with um, the consumer wanting it and the government's listening. So from the Wall Street Journal, a federal jury on Tuesday found that the National Association of Realtors and large residential brokerages liable for about $1.8 billion in damages after determining that they conspired to keep commissions for home sales artificially high. The verdict could lead to an industry-wide upheaval by changing decades-old rules 
that have helped lock in commission rates, even as home prices have skyrocketed, which has allowed real estate agents to collect ever larger sums. It comes in the first of two antitrust lawsuits arguing that unlawful industry practices have left consumers unable to lower their costs, even though internet era innovations have allowed many buyers to find homes themselves online. And that's where it comes to Honestor. Now, I think that we, we have to walk a little bit of a tight rope here and with, with regards to this new $500 product that you guys have, some of the industries in which you're, you're helping here. But I'm ever interested in aggregators and platforms. I think that it's fascinating. And the dynamic and how it's changing the, the proverbial structure of every industry, how the same way that Facebook has disrupted newspapers, the same way that Spotify has disrupted the music industry and CD distribution. I think that platforms like Zillow and Honestor and, and Opendoor are disrupting MLS, um, maybe to a lesser extent because of this most recent, um, well, we'll call it lawsuit or, or whatever. I think that I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion on this and what this means for the industry moving forward. But I think that the $500 that you've been talking about um, plays well here. Yeah, um, it's a timely, a timely event for us coming up with this $500 consumer product. Um, to your point, um, yeah, those big lawsuits that you talk about, I mean, I don't know all the details, but I mean, they're good uh, in that people are probably unhappy sometimes with the commissions being high and maybe they thought they were non-negotiable. And, and something to keep in mind that we are also part of a lot of lot of boards across the country. So we we support the real estate industry in, in all that we do. However, there needs to be choice. And and that's why we're here. I mean, there's choice in everything you do, right? And I don't know, discount airlines, Air Canada. I mean, are they really that different? They get you to the same place. That's also debatable. It's kind of why we're here. Um, so this specifically, is that saying that you can negotiate everything when you come with us. So it's $500. Uh, so if you're a consumer, you're a homeowner, you have a recreational property, even a commercial property, we can get into that later, uh, condo house, you can put your house up for sale, and I'll define what for sale means, for $500. So for sale means it doesn't just go onto honestore.com, it goes onto realtor.ca and honestore.com and realtor.ca still gets majority of all the Canadian traffic for home sales and they have all the listings there. So it is a good platform. And then it gets syndicated to a whole bunch of other people who, who pick up that syndicate of real estate listings. So there's nowhere else you could go to sell your house um, yeah, other than like realtor.ca. So now that you've been able, like we've been able to put the client's homes on realtor.ca, uh, that's where it lives. And you actually now get to decide the commission you want to pay to the buy side agent. So if there's a buy side agent, which not always there is, you decide. You could pay $5, you pay $500, you could pay $50,000. Whatever you think might incentivize someone, but you get to decide. That's interesting. So I want to set the table a little bit for those that maybe don't know exactly the, the economics of the, well, let's say, the real estate industry. So. Traditionally, a uh, seller hires a real estate agent to sell their house. The real estate agent will help prep the house, take pictures, prepare the listing. Um, said listing is then placed on what is known as a multiple listing service. So that is what MLS is. Um, this is usually or was previously conceived as, as a way to market to real estate agents. And now that MLS has just become the, the aggregator of where people go. Like for myself, when I found my house, I found it on, I didn't, sorry, I found it differently, but my first house, when I was searching for houses, 
I would just go straight to MLS or I would actually go to Honestore to value it. Um, I think that that in the past was a requirement. It was an API that plugged into what you had mentioned. It gets distributed out to all of these other real estate agents. And as a prerequisite to making said listing, the seller agent has to specify a commission for the buying agent. So this is maybe more prevalent in the United States, but the standard rate in the U.S. is 6%, whereas Canada, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, is a 7% for yeah. 100K, 3% for every other $100,000 increment yeah. after, after that. So this whole entire structure made a ton of sense until it wasn't so obvious where to go and find the homes, until we didn't have that aggregator. So now it feels as though a lot of buyers are finding their own home. Like the seller gets the, the actual opportunity by finding um, the property or the seller, but the buyer is finding the house before the real estate agent does, right? right? This is where I think you're plugging in really um, appropriately. You're plugging in in a, in a spot where the seller finds you and then the buyers are just gonna come and find you because they right. find their own homes now, right? right? So the $500 allows for you to be a super agent, it feels like to me. Is that kind of where you're coming in? So <clears throat> the flip side of this too is that let's say you're a regular real estate agent and you did get paid the full commission and you did something outstanding. Um, again, not to go just on our, our way is the only way and it's the best way. Um, there's unbelievable agents out there. They could find you homes that aren't listed or they might be able to negotiate totally. something unbelievable that you otherwise might not feel comfortable doing. And then they deserve to get paid a lot of money. Fine. Uh, maybe not every agent is like that. Um, and there's this whole, I mean, there's a movement of transparency in every industry, and this is one of them. And some people are like, well, I don't want to be passed along in the middle. I want to talk to the person, uh, or at least I want to control, you know, the destiny of, of my home. And I don't want anything kind of lost in translation. So with ours, you get to talk to either the buyers directly, or if they're represented by a buyer's agent, you'll talk to the buyer's agent. Um, so it's a very transparent process. And um, so far we've had, I mean, we just kind of piloted this and now we're getting it out to the masses. People have transacted, all types of homes transacted. Some of them have transacted without buyer's agents because what actually happens is, this is also kind of interesting. You put your home up on realtor.ca and what ends up happening is that there's usually an unrepresented buyer there. Like you said, like you're the one kind of fishing around. And mm -hmm. if you don't have a real estate agent, you go and you click and you connect with the real estate agent that's selling it. But this time through Honest Door, the homeowner is the one selling it. And so now you have an opportunity to not be intercepted and get picked up and represented by a buyer's agent, but you get to directly speak to that person. So we've had homes, like the most expensive home that we've sold so far was close to $2 million. And locally, uh, it was in Calgary. Okay. And as far as I remember, and I know there was a few, but I think that one too, both parties were unrepresented. One, like Honest Door, put them up on uh, on Realtor.ca, and then the buyers were unrepresented. So that's a a big big chunk of change that you saved. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so. And this is where I, when you reached out to me, I was pretty excited because I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, the opportunity for your business to scale a little bit more, but also just the industry uh, dynamic changing. It's my opinion, and not just mine, I think a lot of 
analysts in the real estate sector from a technology point of view. This is a bit opinion here because, I mean, if you look at the United States, um, right now you've seen a change in, in the, the eye buyer, right? You have open door that has changed a little bit. Well, they've, they've tried to stick to purchasing the house, reselling it, and, and making their margin there. They had to have an insane amount of capital to do it, but the stock price is down 98%. And that's not even an exaggeration. Zillow got completely out of it, and so did Redfin. So now you have what is, I believe, a, an approach where they're now becoming an aggregator slash advertising platform. And the biggest revenue project or um, contributions for these platforms is the real estate agent. So it hasn't really removed anything. The technology hasn't provided anything other than it's effectively a new place to hunt for homes. And I think where, where this has now become a, change, a step change is that you have a commission structure that has been determined to be, um, how, do I, how do I say this appropriately? Um, predatory and um, inappropriate for consumers. And then that's now dissipating. So you just said, look at how much savings you can have. I think that it now enables a, a more choice in the industry. Before you didn't really even have any. Mm-hmm. And now you just need to see a change in the human. Because now the they've now separated, at least in the United States, they've separated MLS from agent. And they're no longer to, you can no longer tie commission structure there. You now have what is free and you can break it off and negotiate now. Mm-hmm. So for you, I think you've, you've identified that. The platform itself, you want to get out there, get more people listing or at least utilizing your guys' services, mm-hmm. maybe perhaps build the brand and so it's more trustworthy. Um, at least I feel like it, it comes in in a position where there's the, the bias or the, the incentives is finally in line. Like you actually finally have an in-line incentive with the seller. And um, I, I guess I want you to expand on that opportunity Perhaps where if I'm a seller, I just bought a new house, Dan, I'm coming to Honest Store, why wouldn't I go to a real estate agent? Can you maybe tell me why that would be other than the cost savings? Do you think that there's a way for you to integrate more products? Can it be more vertically integrated? Is there anything there that you see as being an opportunity or is it just the, the 500 bucks? You mean uh, walk through the $500 opportunity if you're selling your home or you just purchased a home? No, I, I, I'm a seller. Yeah, okay. So again, to be clear, when you work with Honest Door, we're still a real estate broker. So we are a realtor. The reason why your agent might also be like, you know what? I think $500 is a great deal. I'd like to offer that to you. And you should take that deal if that comes up. But the problem is that there are so many agents out there in Canada and they just can't make a living if they were going to do this for $500. So. $500, you do 10 deals a year, is $5,000. It's pretty difficult to be able to pull it off. So obviously being a company, being a VC-backed company, we have enough of the funds to be able to do this. Now the trick is for us too, is right now the sellers are getting a great deal. Could we continue to do this at scale? Could we continue to pull this off at at $500? And that I mean, that's a whole nother question, but I think people really have to think about it in terms of like, what did you get for that service too? Mm-hmm. Um, again, amazing agents out there, but when you put up a listing, so let's say you come and say, hey, I'd like to list my house for a million dollars. Great, I go on, it's really, I mean, I don't know if the secret's out, no different than putting up a listing like you were selling a dresser on Kijiji, and then, and then that's it, you wait. 
there's nothing else anyone can do, though your realtor, realtor could promote it in different places. They might I be mean, able to network, because that's where I actually view there being a differentiation. You have, in my opinion, like any industry, whether it be mine, where we've had our fees completely squished, where, I mean, maybe some people don't view it that way, but they have been. Mm -hmm. um, it, whether it be from the hedge fund side, the ETF has effectively given everyone access to a broad basket of stocks for nothing. And um, that has then reverberated through my service. Now we're well below 1% in some cases, but for the ultra wealthy, the richest guy in our city still has a, has a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. It's the, a subset of people that have benefited the most from this and have actually sought out volume. And that is the average person, not the person selling a $5 million house. I believe that there's a ton of value for a, an agent to come in and be like, I found these people that can actually afford this house. Mm -hmm. And I've sold it to them before that. I actually believe there to be an opportunity there. Selling Sunset probably makes sense for the, for the valuation of those homes. But for the average home sale that comes in around, in our city, 500 grand, yep. um, Edmonton, that is, and for Calgary, what, 556? I'm of the opinion that it's more of a commodity rather than it being a true service. So with all that being said, I wanted to differentiate that a little bit. I don't think that this is necessarily something that goes all the way across, whether it be for investment properties, maybe this isn't the best tool, whether it be for ultra high end homes, maybe this isn't necessarily where you end up finding your house. I think that there's some, the tails, but for the bulk of the distribution, it probably is mm -hmm. where it is a commodity. You are finding your own home. So, um, Listing's easy, it sounds like. It is commoditized, especially with, with technology today. But who else is out there competing with you in this space? Like, what would be a, an example of someone that is doing the same thing? Sure, and then we can kind of get back to exactly what each part of the agent does. Yeah. Um, uh, I think that's important. So right now, we get a lot of eyeballs on our website to go to the data. So it's very natural for us to be like, hey, we've you know valued your home, we've given you the permits, we've given you the sold history. Uh, of your neighborhood, of this home, you should hear. Here's mm -hmm. the value, uh, and then and you could also pay an appraiser to come to your house and value your house if you if you don't trust that. Um, the other people in the market that are doing a similar consumer model because we have different competitors for different things. I mean, there's listing portals um, like Realtor.ca is a portal. Um, you know, Zillow is a portal. Right. Um, Honest Door is a portal. Um, but for this particular service, we used to have Purple Bricks. Right. We used to have Fair Square. And they were kind of intermingled. Um, and then, so now they are no longer. Now, the reason why they're no longer, I don't believe is that they couldn't find product market fit. I mean, there are large companies. One was publicly traded. The other one was owned by a bank, which was Desjardins. I mean, they pull out for a different reason than just like a little private company. Um, but there's nobody else really offering this coast to coast across the country. So people in Nova Scotia can list, PEI, Vancouver Island. So I think for this consumer product, um, yeah, there, there isn't much for is competition. Customer acquisition costs? So customer acquisition costs is big. Um, I know when Purple Bricks was here, they spent a lot of money on ads. Uh, maybe that wasn't sustainable. Uh, there's other models and other portals out there that spend a ton of ads. We don't have any ads. Right now we're playing around with using ads in, in places where we're not in. And our budget's right now like $10 a day. And we're trying to just figure out, can we even acquire anyone there? And then we'll maybe increase it. But right now, organically, we get 500,000 visits a month. Uh, which is quite a bit different than the last time we came on. And then that's not even including page views, um, which then gets into the millions. 
So it's quite natural that people come to our site who are wanting to buy and sell. So we think it's a decent, it, it'll be a slow burner, but we think it's pretty decent. And there's a million or so transactions in the country. So there's not, it's not nothing. No, that's quite a bit. Actually, that surprises me from a numbers perspective. So moving from, and I guess, yeah, let's, let's, let's actually dive a little bit further into, you had mentioned, what does the, the listing agent do? Hmm. Um, yeah, my, from my perspe- perspective, they get, and from me having just recently sold a house via MLS and a traditional transaction, it was they obviously got the listing onto MLS and then distributed via their Instagram but they got a professional video done, a professional photographer in, a stager, yeah. and all of those things cost money. Yeah. And um, it was enlisted on the MLS, and from in my case, it sold in two days. I was lucky, probably because my wife has better taste than I give her credit for. But uh, it ended up selling really quickly, above ask, whatever. Um, that was the value that they provided to me. Yeah. Maybe even pricing. But when I start to reverse engineer all of that, I can see where um, somebody might view that as being something they could do themselves because, as you had mentioned earlier, I've sold stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Why can't I mm-hmm. I do the video? Why can't I do those things? Especially when you start to consider the transaction cost. I was incredibly happy with my experience, but is it possible for there to be a change here? Um, I, I think that probably is. I'm not sure what that ends up looking like. Mm-hmm. Because I remember in our last conversation, we had talked about, yeah, purple bricks, that's gone under. Um, is there any way where you can reduce your customer acquisition cost to justify the, the, the price in which you're generating revenue at? Or do you just end up being, becoming an advertising platform? Because you have a lot of views, you have a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. I, I think this has to come back to, I don't think the agent's going away just on a realist from a from a from a residential real estate perspective i think that they're going to stay but i believe that there's going to be the 10 transaction real estate agent has gone i think it's over in five years and the the good real estate agents even today the ones that are let's call it sonia sells who is the biggest in east of edmonton she's a big deal she sells everything it seems like i think she probably did like 300 houses last year which is advertising yeah she does though she's everywhere she's on every park bench she's on every every traffic sign she does a fantastic job um that i think her revenue and her profit margin is going to come down but she's every agent that's successful is going to have to do 300 to 500 homes because you're not going to be able to profit what you used to i don't think that making twenty thousand dollars on a Five hundred or six hundred thousand dollar home is sustainable, given the technology changes. Agreed. And I remember on the last time we were on this podcast, I was the one saying, "Look, I don't think agents are going away. Everyone's tried to disrupt it. Now we are an agent essentially because we're a brokerage." Um, and I still believe that agents aren't going to go away, but eventually things do take time. And like you said, there could be a pressure squeeze, like in your industry. Um, so you can only have the best of the people that do what you do survive. And I think that's going to happen with agents too, because some of them will get squeezed for commissions. They're going to come out and say, Hey, we don't want to pay this much. Can you do it for less? We really like your service. And people are going to have to say yes. And that agent, like you described, who say doesn't work full time and used to do three deals at 25 K and made 75 K on the side 
I feel like that's going to be difficult to pull off. So is the problem getting the actual listings or are you really B2B and trying to provide value for the buying agent? Because the way that I view it, I truthfully think that you're now disrupting the seller agent. The selling agent is getting disrupted here. You're not representing, you're representing that side from, from a plug-in perspective as an API into a seller. Yeah. And then the buying agent, who I think is going to be, need to be more dynamic here because this side of the market is being dominated by what I think the seller, someone who owns a home and wants to sell, deems as being something they could do. But the buying agent will have a more dynamic place inside of the market because one, they're utilizing all of your data, they're utilizing your listings, and then they're bringing the people to you. Mm -hmm. Because it, again, it's still a customer acquisition problem. So you're going to be going and hunting probably buying agents because they will bring people to your website, they'll bring interested parties because you have the demand, or sorry, the supply. Mm -hmm. You are Facebook Marketplace in the same way that MLS is. That's how I, I, I think the, the dynamic changes. The buying agent's gonna make money. You're gonna have, as a seller, more power over the But here's paid. a question for you, Joel, and you think about, the, think about this. If you were responsible to pay the buyer's agent, mm. and you looked at three homes, Again, there's good buyer's agents. You know, some might be half inspector, half negotiator, half this and that. But what if you had to cut them a check for twenty five thousand bucks? Not the seller. How do you feel about that after you went through the home? You know, you and your wife liked it, made an offer, it was accepted, and then you cut the check for twenty five k. Is that a harder pill to swallow? A hundred percent. It's going to be so challenging. This is where every business where you have to send an invoice every month struggles. That's why lawyers mm -hmm. and accountants are always struggling with the billing time where they have to go and get the, the, the comp they do work all year on an hourly basis and then they send the business age a invoice for five grand mm -hmm. and the person is like, what? Right. That's how many hours we spoke? Or it's 15 grand or 40 depending on the size. Same thing's gonna happen and when that happens, when you get that, that churn, because right now it doesn't feel like there's any transaction because you're pulling it out of the price. If you start to separate that cost from price, right. Now you're in a different place. Now you actually have to negotiate. And that is a much worse position to be in as a, as a real estate agent. Right. No longer free no. to use an agent. Yeah. 100%. It's really, it's pulled out. The, the, the greatest thing they ever did was integrate cost of their service into the home price. Brilliant. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, if this all really works in the way in which this conversation is going, the prices of homes should come down 3%. Yeah, unless the people say, hey, you could save all this commission. But yeah, no, I think they should come down. Here's the thing with the $500 is that it's really inexpensive. Uh, even if you have an asset, say worth 300K in Edmonton, for 500 bucks, you can test the water. So our whole deal is that go online, even if you don't want to sell, we're also hoping that this could increase supply of homes. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to stage it. Don't wait till spring. Don't wait till the birds are chirping. 500 bucks, go online. Put it up for three months. You didn't like it, pull it down. So we're giving it's people good. 12 months of pull it up, pull it down, pull it up, pull it down, switch the pictures, switch the description, whatever they want. And then at the end of all this, let's say it was totally unsuccessful. Don't think it's our fault, but let's say it was totally unsuccessful. If you wanna to go to a real estate agent and it's one of our preferred agents, which we have in every single city, it's free. 
So you don't have to pay or sorry, you will get your $500 back and then you'll work with an agent. Um, so to me, it's kind of a no brainer. Um, if you have an asset sitting there. So the problem, I think, what, and this is just, um, this is kind of old hat. It's you listed it and didn't sell it. So your house is actually overvalued right. or your belief. And that's where you, you become, and I think this has been told to you by every agent. I mean, part of their trick is that they remove it and then put it back up and then it's days on market, right? Yeah. Um, that is a, you'd have to change the mentality there because effectively what you're telling the buyers is that no one, you got no action and you decided you had to pull it down and, or you would have had to reduce your price. Because mm -hmm. right now people only list their house if they want to sell it. I'd be very interested in leaving my house up for sale for the rest of my life, even if I lived there for 30 years. I agree. Like create a market for homes. Yeah. Create a, like legitimately, instead of it being. Well, don't you think that guessing. more people want to sell their homes than 1% of the entire population right now that may have their home for sale? So 99% of all homes are not for sale right now, I think. Yeah, if culture <laughs> changes on this and there is a ongoing market price for homes, one, that's going to terrify people because if they actually got a price for their home on a day-to-day right. -day basis, right. they're going to be very upset. Or they'll be super happy and shocked, but it eventually it'll come to an equilibrium there. Mm -hmm. But just like market prices, right? If you see home prices fluctuate like that. Right. Imagine if there's a futures market on homes. Yeah. You can hedge out the risk. That would be wild. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, and i got to refresh my phone here, is the, the idea of commercial real estate. And as I learned more, I've actually read quite a few books on commercial as I, I have a few more clients in the space and I'm like, oh my God, they are doing so well. Why? Why did I choose my industry? I should have gotten into commercial. Um, and it's a different dynamic. Do you think that there's room for a better platform there? So I think the MLS for residential homes is great. I think RealJustice is great. Why can't you put that? Why can't you add? Oh, so for the record, through Honest Door and, and really through any real estate agent in the country who has their commercial designation, you could put commercial listings for sale on the MLS. Uh, so I wanted to make that little service announcement that any commercial property can be listed on the MLS. Why aren't they all listed on the MLS? Uh, I don't know. So a lot of the agents, like you said, have their own networks and it's more exclusive. So if you think that Real estate agents, you know, are guarding the old way. I mean, let's talk about commercial agents. They don't even put it on the MLS. You don't even know what's for sale unless you talk to somebody and he says, oh, I have a commercial property that's for sale and, and here it is. And you're like, oh my God, I, I didn't know about this. So then who is really- small transactions that are there. Over, you can see it. You know, there's, a, there's an industrial property. It's like 4,000 square feet. Right. And it's for sale for right. 500 grand or 400. Right. Right. That's all you see on there. Right. Well, I mean, maybe to their defense, if there was a, an industrial complex for 50 million, maybe the person on MLS, I, I don't know why. Like if I had 50 million to buy an industrial complex, why couldn't I all of a sudden be like, oh, wow, it's on the MLS. Um, do I really need to pick up the phone and talk to, you know, all 20 of the commercial real estate brokerages in town to figure out what's for sale? Is that how many there are? There's a lot. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know the industry well enough at all to even comment here. It does feel like a walled garden to an extent that is protected. And there's only a few players, buyers and sellers and leasers. Right. Um, large corporations need, pro need uh, 
office space, they need industrial space, they need whatever. And there's only so many people that own it. And they've got their agents that um, connect the industry together. And it's not done via technology, that's for sure. At least it doesn't seem that way to me. Mm -hmm. But don't you think if I had a property, a commercial property, even if it was in the millions, don't you think I would want it on Realtor.ca? Why not? If you owned it? Yeah, and I, and I listed it with a commercial realtor. Don't you think I would want that property on the MLS? Or do you think I only want it on a newsletter that goes out to 113 people in Edmonton? I mean, at first blush, I'd say, of course I'd want it listed. But I'm guessing they've thought about this before. And it feels as though it's intentional. It's as though they're, they're protecting the pricing at a certain point where they're, they're worried that there might be disruption disruption there. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not sure who the gatekeeper is to it either. Mm -hmm. I'm not positive it's Avis and Young and JLL and CBRE. I don't actually know. I don't know if it's, mm -hmm. like, I'm not sure, to be quite honest with you. Um, at that same, in the, the same vein, I, I do believe, especially Office, they're starting to push a little bit further into this because they're struggling so much mm -hmm. to find the space. I also believe that it's more digestible price-wise. Like, I don't think that there needs to be a commercial, industrial website. Like, uh, how many people are doing right. transactions like that? You're, you're talking about tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. There's only so many people. It's almost like, shouldn't there be an MLS for hockey teams? Nah, probably not. Right. There's only a certain group of families that are going to buy those things. With all that said, I think if, for, if I was you guys, I think office is the way to go. It seems that way to me. Because why wouldn't you? For me, we're sitting in a studio that was rented because I had to go and find one. And I don't, I guess I, I knew a few com um, office commercial guys. And that's actually the way in which I did the transaction. Um, it would have been really great to go somewhere and be like, I'm looking for 1,200 square feet of office space in downtown Edmonton. Right. But I, I, it was, there was no aggregation there. There was no one-stop shop for me to go. There was nowhere. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what to do. And I would argue that I would be in the top, I don't know, 20% of people that are able to use the internet. Yeah. And it still seemed difficult. So, yeah, I still go back to the MLS is a good platform. They pulled it off for residential homes. And I think that platform should be well, a lot more utilized for commercial properties, whether they're for sale and for rent. Uh, it exists. Everyone goes there. Uh, why not add those commercial properties there? That's my thing. Ah, 100%. I, I mean, even when you start to think about, and this is where I, I actually believe there should be additional changes, but lending in real estate is still this racket that I don't quite understand. It hasn't been disrupted yet. And when I'm thinking about this, or for those who are listening, I'm thinking about mortgage brokers, um, where you go to actually acquire a mortgage. I, and I would, I would venture to guess that in commercial, it's even more walled off where mm -hmm. you don't really truthfully I mean I think it's unique you have to have great connections or you have to have that that uh, whether it be like Canada ICI or whoever is providing lending on a lot of these properties I think it's very challenging to to really get a feel for where where interest rates are at mm -hmm. I know for myself it is very it was like when I was going and shopping to get a mortgage rate to get my house I just found a really great broker who I trusted who worked really hard for me I, I word vomited or document vomited on top of them and was like, get me this mortgage and make sure that it's within reason. Mm -hmm. And the broker made 
I would guess a pretty healthy commission on it. But in the time of my life, it was very stressful. It, it made my life easier. Um, it provided value in my opinion, but I'm sure the price was insane. I'm certainly, I understand he made a lot of money on it. Do you think that there's there's more room there? Because to me, why aren't banks just like, I know that there's that online, but nobody believes that price. You go to a broker and you know you can get a 50 basis points better, 75 yeah. basis points better. You might get better amortization. I don't know. There's no education in there. It's shocking how real estate transactions are owned by these two groups of people. Do you think that you could integrate any sort of lending into Honest Store? So you would need banking partners, obviously. We ha- so we have banking partners. We work with a, a number of different companies on the platform, and we do kind of send that person to one of the banking partners, and they, and they get funded. Um, beyond just being a lead generator for for banks or other companies that we work with, um, yeah, you're right. I don't know um, who's gonna be first disrupted, the mortgage broker, the real estate agent, or, or are they both sticking around forever? Um, like you said, a mortgage broker has a pretty special role. Mm-hmm. If you think that the bank's giving you a rate, the mortgage broker gives you a better rate. Um, so that one's a bit trickier to navigate. You're right, that one isn't as transparent and, and isn't as easy to disrupt. It's confusing for people too. Yeah. And the amount of documents required and understanding CMH. And every role. mortgage is a little bit different. Oh yeah. Um, so Based on your ability to even get debt lending. Yeah credit ratings and um, how much money you actually make and what they accept as being money that's made, whether yeah. you're a business owner or not. There's a lot of... But I think what's also happening in the industry, and you saw it in the US uh, with Rock, Rocket Mortgage, large player, uh, they developed a platform, which I think they developed from scratch, called Rocket Homes, uh, that does reasonably well uh, for traffic, and they that becomes a lead generator. And so what you're actually seeing in Canada is the same thing. So you saw Quest Trade pick up a company called Zolo, uh, and Zolo was this real estate listing platform. And they were like, hey, what a great customer channel this could be, uh, among other things. And then they linked up. And then you, you, even with RBC, uh, just this year or last year, they picked up Ojo Homes, another real estate portal, uh, because they're trying to all link it all in one-stop shop kind of thing. Kind of a lead generator for them. Yeah. And so you keep seeing this over and over again, these platforms getting picked up. And there's not really many left. Uh, Zucasa also was another platform that got picked up by EXP, not a mortgage player. Um, but it seems like the mortgage, like RBC and like Quest Trade and like Rocket, are getting into this space. Um, so eventually, platforms like ours, if if they don't become huge on their own or they don't IPO, um, I think that you know either we integrate a mortgage arm into our business. Uh, or eventually get picked up by a mortgage arm, but I feel like that's the way it looks like it's going just by these acquisitions. So is this kind of your view for where real estate brokerage, real estate aggregators are going? That there's going to be an amalgamation that is going to be owned by our big banks, or is it going to be more fractured than that? (laughs) There's not that many portals out there, and they could really only be owned by... An even larger portal, like one of the large ones from the U.S., if they come up and start, you know, swallowing these little ones. Um, Or the banks. The banks have a lot of money. It's a great customer acquisition channel. Um, They can't build one from scratch. SEO takes a long time. Organic traffic takes a long time. Like to get the, you know, millions of pages a month. um, I don't know if you could ever get there. But benefit of timing, generally. Yeah. First mover. It's not. I mean, it's even. Building a podcast following is mm-hmm. hard enough as it is. Right. 
right? To think about getting to a million page views, you really have to be providing or inserting yourself somewhere in which is, is unique. Mm -hmm. And likely you've got to be early because creating a copycat without being an aggregator already. Obviously, if Facebook decided to be a massive player in listings, yeah, they're going to kill it. Mm -hmm. Honestly, if they truthfully tried, mm -hmm. which they don't care about. It's just like Apple Music not really caring about developing out Apple right. Music, right? They just don't care. That's why their app sucks. Um, I don't think any of these are large enough. I, well, this could hypothetically be a large enough industry for a Facebook to justify themselves. But Maybe we'll reach out to Zucks later this yeah, afternoon. Yeah, just give him a call. Yeah. I, I know he's he's currently injured, but uh, it, it's... I'm not saying come by on a story here. I don't think that's even the intention. But um, for myself, anyways, I'm I'm happy to have some some disruption here. I believe that it gives a a unique opportunity for the seller to come in and take a different approach. I'm I want more liquidity in the market. If anything, perception of liquidity in the market. I want more price transparency in the market. I mean, it wouldn't it be great to be able to drive around every neighborhood and be like, oh, that's what that house is worth. Oh, that's what that house is worth. Does there need to be a voting on what price actually should be on those homes? I don't know. Mm -hmm. at, at, at some point, it also scares me because when you look at the valuation of what my property taxes are versus what I could sell my house for, not likely the same. It, I know it's not the same. So that also is a little bit terrifying. So maybe the government of Canada actually needs to come in here um, or at least the municipality of Edmonton it's funny how that works. We have all the stats for that. Sometimes in, in half the neighborhoods, the assessed price is higher than what you could sell for. And in other neighborhoods... Tell me which uh, ones. Yeah, we'll, we'll, have to, <laughs> we'll have to send you the document. But it's really funny. And the other way, um, the other half of the neighborhoods, they're the opposite. Uh, so it's not clear. Everyone's like, oh, everyone knows the assessment price is way lower than you know, what I can get for. And, and I hear that a lot. Uh, but that's not always the case. And I guess now we can prove it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you can. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I, I have, a, I have a, 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 a hunch of where those locations are. Mm. Pretty sure I know where they are. Yeah. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. Kind of in closing here, you got, you got this 500 bucks. Um, is there anything else that you view Honest Store is likely going to do um, going forward? Do you see it as any more integration of, of tools? Of What do you think is most important for you guys to add moving forward? I think like since the beginning, we were always obsessed with our data set and we wanted to get it national and we got it national. We have home valuations across the country and we still develop a lot of products for agents and mortgage brokers and, and fintechs and financial institutions. We do all that stuff, but the consumer side is still so attractive and we really want to break into that. Um, so could we go to the buy side of this eventually? Uh, possibly. The sell side just seems easier. Uh, it does take a long time to set up as a brokerage all across the country. Um, but there needs to be choice and we need to keep doing it. And I think that consumers are going to be like, hey, you know what? We could save a lot of money. We're going to try it. We hope that mentality prevails. Um, there's still always been this stigma, of, you know, for sale by owner, you know, oh, that person must be cheap or, or they really need money or something like that. Uh, obviously, it's an outrageous way to think. Um, if someone wants to do something and save money, that should be encouraged. Um, but we think it's a strong product at, at 500 bucks. I mean, you tell me, should it, maybe it should be 100 bucks. We'll, we'll change it. But we want to get as many listings as we can because, like you said, it, it could create 
huge differences in the market. We could increase the supply of homes in the market if you could actually get them live. Uh, so if we can bring that cost down, it doesn't really cost you much and, and you can get it up there. I think it's huge. I think nothing breaks stigma like technological change. So sharing all of your pictures with your children and, and connecting with, with strangers, but let's call it fringe friends, all used to be not really done. And then there was this thing called an iPhone created. And the advancements of cameras on the back of your iPhone ended up creating opportunity for applications. There was a hundred photo apps that were created, social apps that were made before Instagram was. But the iPhone 4 came out and it had a the appropriate quality camera that integrated with a, a culture that was adopting a new social strategy and how they, they interacted with the communities. It then was kind of seamless that they could then take a picture and post immediately with a comment. And it explodes, not because of some innovation around uh, having an application that has, has um, the ability to share photos. It was actually the hardware that did it. So if I were to reverse engineer that and then start to think about a listing or the, the change in culture, I think it's one, commissions being sep um, removed from an expectation to even get on MLS. That has, in the United States anyways, and will likely follow to an extent, that has been removed, clearly, because you can now only spend $500 and have a relationship with a selling agent in Canada. That has been removed, that stigma is gone. However, what is the technology required to do it? And perhaps it's just as simple as being able to list for nothing, and that would be sufficient enough. I don't know what the technology is. It also could be ring doorbell, because I actually believe that, I know this sounds insane, yeah. but honestly, we're now, the stigma around a delivery agent being allowed into your home is nearly gone. The, the idea that you would leave something unlocked, like the front of an entire tower, is currently a, a thing, where you will, have, you will let in an Amazon person to deliver your, your, your item so that people don't steal it off your front doorstep. Mm -hmm. That's not even a joke. They'll take a picture out front of your house and you're happy about it. I think a lot of the stigma and a lot of the, the, the problem with not having an agent is because you need them to open the door and to mm -hmm. trust someone being in your home. And now it's becoming more ingrained in us to allow that, the, our willingness to allow someone in and close to our home that we trust with a brand. One of the, the strongest print brands in terms of trust in, in America is Amazon. I actually think it comes in at number one above hmm. Apple. Hmm. And that likely could happen with a in real estate in some capacity. Everyone chooses the real estate agent because they like the person. They trust the person. They, they, they're comfortable with them. I don't know if it's because they're most tech savvy or that they understand the market better right. than anybody. Um, there's probably something to be said about building a brand that does the same. And that could change stigma, which would then allow for you to solve the supply or the seller side. Because just like anything, every successful aggregator has usually started from there. And I want to be clear too that the people who have come and said, you know what, 500 bucks, I'm going to do this, have been not the most savvy people. But we also had repeat people who buy and sell homes. And we've had people who have never done this before. And so I think that's pretty telling that before I used to think, oh, you had to have done it three or four times before you get in the game. Um, that has not been the case. Um, 
I think it's all changing. I mean, I recently actually bought uh, a little property and I bought it from an 80 year old woman and there was no agents involved. Nothing happened. Uh, it was a bit of a door knocking adventure. Yeah. So there was nothing complex. It was, do you want to move out on this day? And, and here's the price. And, and she was a tough negotiator and, and we got to a price that worked. Um, I don't know, something on the sell side that doesn't add up to me. Honestly, you know how Google Maps, they just sent those cars and they mapped every road in the world? Yeah. Can you just send somebody out and go and price all of the real estate in Edmonton? Well, we price it all. Can you door knock it and get the pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be tricky. So the thing on why also, I was just going to say one last thing before we run, is... uh, the reason why the sell side also works with real estate agents is because it is free, hypothetically, right? Hey, Joel, can I list your house? It'll be free. If you don't like the price, don't sell it. There's no better price than free. Right? And that's tough because Honest Door, well, they charge you $500. Um, but when you go and sell with an agent, he wants to sell your property. So you will get it sold. Mm-hmm. And it's in everyone's best interest to get it sold. And at that point, it won't, it won't be free. No, and I, I can say this. <laughs> If you list with an agent and then pull it quickly, they are going to charge you staging. They're going to charge right. you uh, listing. They're going to charge you all of those things. Right. The cost of the, the sign out front of your house. Yeah. Those all have costs, probably to the tune of $2,000, $2,500. Sure. And I'm still a believer that, A, you don't need staging, depending on what type of property. And I also think that, you know, clean your house is probably the best advice or get a cleaner to clean your house. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I've been through a lot of homes where it's yeah. like, wow, it doesn't look that good. Um, but even pictures, there's been homes that have sold with buyers who have purchased them unrepresented or, or represented with iPhones. Um, My house. Right. iPhone pictures. Uh, there was no special camera. We didn't try to make it look unbelievable like the sunset was coming down and it's unbelievable. Here's the house. Here's the neighborhood. You know it. You've been looking at this neighborhood. You don't, I don't need it to look any other way. I'm going to go to the house anyways. Um, I don't know. It could be done. I think the market's boats become insanely competitive, which is great for the consumer. Maybe not necessarily everybody involved in the industry. If you're great, you'll probably make more money. You'll do more volume. Agreed. If you're not, you're going to have to, I'm not saying find another job, but definitely reconsider. Um, it's coming for sure. When you have a market size of this prominence in the, in the country, it's the largest in, in Canada. It's also the largest in terms of percentage in the United States. It's coming. And this, I don't see any reason why it won't. Mm-hmm. Dan, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Thanks, Joel. Appreciate your time.